It is 8 a.m. in New York, 3 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 8 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Shenander Bean from sundaybean.com, and I am a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations, and I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. Self-care isn't like Godiva chocolate, something to be indulged in from time to time. And to be honest, this took me 20 years to learn. I only realized this actually with the benefit of hindsight. It's like one of my clients said to me, Sunday, I didn't know I was stuck until I was unstuck. And I cannot think of a better person to join us for Expat Happy Hour on this idea of how do we take excellent care of ourselves than Master Certified Coach and Business Coach, Susan Hyatt. Her number one passion is helping women get more of whatever they crave, more money, more clients, more media coverage, more influence, more opportunities, or more free time. She's been featured on national TV and magazines like O Magazine, Cosmopolitan, Seventeen, and Woman's World. And coming out soon is her book, Bear, which basically gives a middle finger to the diet industry and a hand to women who are trying to live their best life. The book is based on Susan's seven-week process for women who want to lose weight, feel amazing, and become brave and unstoppable. Susan, welcome to Expat Happy Hour. Thank you so much, Sunday. I'm so honored to be here. And can I just say you need to go on tour with me and do that intro everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deal. Um, what, Susan, one of the things that I, I don't know if I've ever shared with you is that um, there's something that I've always admired about you. Now, I've I've followed you online for over six years. You know, we were Facebook friends, and then I asked you to be my business coach starting last year. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is you have this clarity of message that is uncompromising about taking excellent care of yourself staying in alignment with who you are and standing up for what you believe in. And there was just something that I really resonated with that. And it was at that moment where I, this is something I probably, I I think I might've mentioned to you where I was actually wishing I was taking better care of myself as a business person, because I Mm -hmm. felt like I was getting lazy Mm -hmm. with my health and that was impacting my patients as a parent. And I was maybe working too much. I was like, ah, there's got to be a better way. And that's one of the reasons why I reached out to you. Um, and the funny thing is, is I actually started taking really good care of myself before we even started working together. It was just like, <laughs> I just had to kick myself in the butt, you know, yeah. <laughs> to say yeah. yes. So then we started working on other things. But um, so thank you for joining us. I, I would love to have you talk about a few things um, on Expat Happy Hour that deal specifically with the challenges that my clients face in expat life. But before we do that, I think it'd be important for you to share a little bit more about who you are and how you got started talking about all of these things. Uh, Well, thank you so much. And actually, it means a lot to me that 
that self-care was one of the reasons that you hired me. Because honestly, um, I think that it's an epidemic among women, which is, of course, why I wrote the book. But a, a little bit about me. I started on this journey. I'm celebrating my 12th year as a life coach. And prior to becoming a coach, I was a burnt out real estate agent who was swinging through McDonald's or Wendy's or Taco Bell three times a day. I wow. <laughs> Right. So I was the opposite of really who I am today. I was um, swinging through the drive through thinking, you know, I don't have time for a real meal. I was, jokingly, I was a uh, doctorate of couch potato-ism. Um, <laughs> I, I had such an attitude about self-care, exercise, eating well. Um, I thought, oh, well, that's shallow. I have better things to do in the world, uh, which of course is ridiculous. And I was super judgy too. Yeah. Like people who exercise three times a week are like fitness freaks. Right? I used to call them um, workout queens. What is that about? I mean, how bad? It was like a way to justify the fact that I'm not working out three times a week. <laughs> exactly. I, I honestly, and I would also snottily call them pool moms. Um, pool, like they hang out at the pool. Um mm -hmm. And, and honestly, I think it's a, women are constantly judging other women, which I know you've probably talked about on your podcast many times, but I think it's a way, yes, to justify hiding from yourself and mm -hmm. uh, a way to justify the spot that you're in, that you're feeling so trapped and so overwhelmed that you couldn't possibly do something for yourself um, because it's painful to look at at first. Like, why mm -hmm. am I not taking any time whatsoever for what I think is important. And, and why am I refusing to do basic things for my health? Mm -hmm. so, so anyway, what was your turning point? I mean, you, you were flying through the drive through <laughs> I've seen, you know, before and after pictures of you in there's involving turtlenecks, which <laughs> that's a whole nother story, but what was your turning point? Really, my turning point was, um, so I became a coach, which is a podcast story for another day. And, and I realized when my life really started changing and I was helping other people change their lives, that the one big area that was still looking me right in the face was um, moving my body or eating with better care. And I knew that there were things to tackle or issues underneath that, that I really needed to face if I was going to walk my talk as a coach. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, <laughs> I was picking my kids up from school. They were, they're 18 and 20 now. So they were little at the time. And I remember they were sitting at the dining room table with their after school homework worksheets. And I was in the kitchen treating myself, I'm using air quotes, mm -hmm. to a wheel of brie, who doesn't <laughs> love cheese, and some wine. And mm -hmm. I remember looking at it and thinking, this is an every afternoon occurrence. What is this about? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's it. You know, I can't, my, my, this is called expat happy hour, right? My 
quote unquote happy hour every afternoon mm-hmm. to deal with after school responsibilities was to have wine and stuff myself full of a wheel of brie. And I realized, okay, mm-hmm. there's something to be done here. And and so when I started looking at it, it was fear of feeling boredom, admitting that I was bored with these mm-hmm. motherly activities that I had arranged my whole life to be available to pick them up from school. And then, oh, wait, like, I don't actually enjoy doing after school worksheets. What now? Right. You know, there's so many people that um, I've talked to about this idea of motherhood. And mm-hmm. there's, um, there was a, a, one of my work uh, workshop participants likened it to what happens in a market in Burkina Faso. When you, when you offer a price and the, the one who's selling their goods doesn't think it's high enough. They say in in French, and I'll say it in really bad West African French. Say mais bon, c'est bon, mais c'est pas arrivé, which is like it's good, but it hasn't arrived yet. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't say that out loud as a mother. Like motherhood is good, but it's not enough. Like you would mm-hmm. get stoned in public if you said that. Right, right. And I think that for me, I started out my parenting journey as a stay at home mom. And then I re-entered the workforce as a residential realtor thinking, oh, I'll be able to set my own hours, ha, 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 and this will be great. And then found myself, I had built this real estate practice that was super successful, but I wasn't available like I wanted to be for my kids. And so that led me to coaching, which was great. And I still work from my home office. It's been amazing. And it also led me to realize that there were different ways I wanted to connect with my kids and show my kids I love them than what I thought tradition, the traditional parenting models showed us we should do. Right. Like it's, it's okay to love your kids in different ways, right? That I think there's so much pressure that people have yeah. um, of how, how do you show up? But what does this have to do? I mean, so here I want to connect it to the expat context. And mm-hmm. for the people who are listening, they're like, yeah, self-care is a great idea. But actually, um, you know, I've been living in temporary housing for three months. I just spent two months on my mother-in-law's air mattress. And mm-hmm. we don't know where we're going to live. I don't have any way to get around the city. I don't even know what to buy vegetables because it's all in Korean or they're dealing mm-hmm. with like massive transition. So the idea of self-care feels miles and miles away. Right. And the other thing is self-care seems to be tied to routine. So mm-hmm. you're like the master of taking excellent care of yourself. What advice do you have for people who are in transition and are working or off of their, you know, old routines, how can they start making themselves a priority? So I love this because when I was, um, when I was in master coach training and I was learning to write, I remember that many of us were complaining to our instructor, like, well, the kids were home from school and it was chaos and I really need quiet and I need alone time and blah, blah, blah. And the instructor, Dr. Martha Beck, who trained both of us, mm-hmm. um, you know, bestselling author, she was like, hey, if, if you're waiting to be able to sit down at the table and light candles and play classical music to write, you are in for a rude awakening. And so our homework assignment was actually to go sit in the busiest 
coffee shop, hotel lobby, annoying place we could and right under those conditions because that's real life. And these expats who are in transition, it's an extreme version, right, of Mm -hmm. interruptions from life. But what the point I'm trying to make is for all of you listening, if you can start carving out five minutes at a time for yourself now and devote yourself to your self-care, you are going to be a pro once you do get settled and get a routine handled. So this is actually a great discussion. It's it's almost like self-care boot camp. If you can do it this way, (laughs) you can do it anytime. And the thing that I have to say is that What's interesting about women that I work with who are not women in transition the way the listeners of this podcast are, is that their minds will create obstacles out of nothing. So even though they're not sleeping on their mother-in-law's blow up mattress and trying to read nutrition labels in another language, you would think that they were because just taking the dog to the vet is an excuse for someone who wants an excuse not to take care of themselves. I was that person. Oh, I have a paper cut today. It might get infected I better not sweat at all so you know, I just you know I just read research where people actually take better care of their animals than they do themselves it's true it's true and so for all of you listening that's one step is awareness is to to look at everything that you do and it's massive it's massive everything mm-hmm. that you do for your kids your spouse or partner your pets your community at large even mm-hmm. online communities come mm-hmm. before typically a woman's self-care and help. And I want you to just recognize that you do not need more willpower to do this. You just need to understand that what's missing, the missing link is pleasure. So it's also reframing self-care from something that you consume or mm-hmm you know, a scheduled activity per se. And it's more of an attitude of being devoted to your own needs and your own pleasure, which flies in the face of what we're culturally brought up to do. Right. And what I would add here is my clients don't even know what their needs are. So Mm. before we start being devoted to them, we need to name them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I have people, they're like, I, well, where do I, where do I begin? Right. Mm-hmm. right. So what the do you basics. think, right. What are the core needs that you think that, that, um, people have that they're just not meeting? Quiet, mm-hmm. which I know everyone listening is probably rolling their eyes, but if you can start with giving yourself five minutes of quiet so you can hear yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what you said is spot on. Most women are like, okay, okay, self-care. I'm going to book a massage. So this is without consuming something else. We're bringing Mm -hmm. you back to yourself. So five minutes so that you can hear what you really need. And so for some of you, it might be, I need sleep or my gosh, I need actual vegetables or I need to turn off in my environment the noise you know, Mm -hmm. the TV, the radio, whatever's coming at your senses. So there's a little bit of when you allow yourself to take just five minutes, five minutes, folks, then you can start looking around your environment and do what I call an environmental diet, which is what's going on in my space, even my temporary space that is not supportive of where I want to go. 
Mm-hmm. I like that to even think, you know, when I was in transition from Burkina to Switzerland uh, on our way to what we didn't know at the time, South Africa, we got a temporary apartment and it was all white, like a hotel room. Mm-hmm. And I had the hugest lump in my throat because it just reminded me of how I wasn't at home and I wasn't with my husband and that sort of thing. So what I did is I took a friend, a dear friend, Karen, she took me to Ikea and back within like 75 minutes because I had an appointment and I bought like a colored rug for the bathroom, uh, fake flowers, and I think a candle just Mm -hmm. to bring color. And that was a way to really get my environment in harmony with what I needed, even though I was in transition. So I love that idea Um, because most people wouldn't even think about that. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's physical space, but it's also what's coming at your senses. What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? Most people are on default mode where that's concerned and really Mm -hmm. curating your physical environment, but also what's coming at you so that you can just come home to yourself and Mm -hmm. then move into, um, I know there are plenty of your listeners who are thinking, you can't make me exercise. That was certainly me. I I don't have time to exercise. But one little idea I just want to plant is that even in transition, there are so many amazing apps. Fire Mm -hmm. up your laptop on your phone. Just move for five minutes. And in my work with Bear, it's not about, most women will say five minutes. What good does that do? I need to have, you know, abs by Friday um, or I'm not doing it. And that was my attitude as well. But this is about dropping the transactional relationship with your body, meaning, oh, I'll move my body this way if I get this, which is, you know, mm. weight loss or ripped or shredded or whatever word is in their minds. Oh my God, I have no idea what those are. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like, I, have, I know muffin top. I know that one. Muffin um, top, right. Like, right. That, so it's like, if I, I'm only going to move if that yeah. happens, if we can drop that and say, no, 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 no. I'm moving because moving my body, my body's a creature and stores emotion. So there's so much emotion, right? You just talked about being in transition, having a lump in your throat, recognizing I'm in this white walled space. I'm not with my husband. We're processing emotion all the time. And if you're not moving your body, it gets stuck in the body, which leads Mm -hmm. to illness, depression, exhaustion. And so five minutes just to move and get that emotion out. Yeah. One of the things that I, it's worked really well with my kids around moving is we would do, this is so embarrassing to admit to everybody, but we would do like a dance party at five in the afternoon. We'd put on uh, black eyed peas and just totally go crazy because in we were kind of trapped in some apartment for a week and it was dark and we didn't have a car and we, but it was, it's one of some of our fondest memories in the beginning Mm -hmm. and it got, it gets you moving. And it's also a great way to connect connect with your kids, you know, a little dance parties. That's such a great suggestion. And I have a, um, a membership community for bear. And that's one of the easiest things to get my members to do as well is, Hey, uh, because weather can come up as an obstacle for people time. So, so many, um, excuses in the mind Mm -hmm. and, right? You just gave like, we're stuck in an apartment. We don't know where we are. Dancing around your space is available always. Yeah. And your kids will love it or they'll think you're totally nerdy. And that's also okay. (laughs) That's 
also a bonus. Yes. One of my clients uh, jump ropes because you can do that in a hotel room and you can do it to music. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one thing I want to, I want to just point out to my listeners. I had this interaction and um, one of my clients, she said, she said, I can't wait to get her lives back. And mm. I said, this is your life <laughs> mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like we put our lives on hold when we're in transition, but that is our life. And what you've said is be aware um, do be creative on how you create quiet with, for yourself, but also, um, in the environment around you, we can also, also control if we scroll Facebook or not, what music we listen to, what news we consume, and then move your body, not for a transaction, but just to move your body, to move the emotions and, or to create positive emotions. Those are all free. Absolutely. And that's, that's really what I want to help with this bear movement. Women understand is that you don't have to consume something to feel better. So much of what is going to help you transform your life, your body, your health is free and available to you at all times. And it's putting your body in the leader spot instead of some external diet plan. Right. And it's also getting out of your head, right? Most of my people live from the chin up and this is getting into your body. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The mind wants to create all sorts of reasons and obstacles and it's just what the mind does. And as soon as you recognize that and start reframing and telling yourself instead of all the reasons why you can't asking the question like, well, how can I become Mm -hmm. a woman who takes exceptional care of herself? How can I be more devoted to my own pleasure? Right. So I have, I'm going to read something from your bear in one of the openings. You say, get ready to shed everything that's weighing you down. Take care of your body like a beloved friend and seize each day like you mean it. Yes. (laughs) And I love that because you know what? Like I want everybody who's listening right now to think if your body was your friend, would it unfriend you right now? (laughs) It would. It would block you. Right. My body is like, where the hell have you been for 20 years? Like you're a super good girlfriend right now, but you've been a bitch for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Like why did you only now start taking care of me? Right. Well, and here's the answer. The good news is that your body is there, has always been there and always will be there and wants to line up with you. Um, But we've we're trained to disconnect. You know, we're trained that the mind and intellect is everything and to not trust the wisdom of our bodies, especially as women. And so this really is about reconnection, rekindling. And I love it, right? Like if, if, if our bodies behave like our minds, for sure, our bodies would be like, who, who's this? Excuse me? You've been a mean girl for my whole life and now you want to join up? Um, But the good news is the body's like, finally, thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, totally. And so this is such an important topic. A lot of the women that I work with who are looking for more purpose and meaning in their life start by um, taking better care of themselves because it's like, if I'm going to get serious about my life, I've got to get serious about my body. So I think it's really Mm -hmm. important. The, for those of you who haven't uh, encountered Susan Hyatt before, she has a book coming out and I know it's going to be amazing. I want to talk more about it. Um, 
and I want to do it from a, a little bit of an interesting angle. Some of the people who are listening are there that women, that woman out there who wants to take better care of herself is looking at maybe even aging, you know, the age between mm-hmm. let's say 35 and 50 and thinking if I continue on this route, maybe I'm not going to be happy with how I'm taking care of my health. At the mm-hmm. same time, there's women who maybe have daughters or, mm-hmm. or men who are listening have daughters and want them to treat their bodies better, right? So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about the the bare perspective and how we can use that to not only um, empower our, ourselves, but also the young people in our lives? Oh, such a good question. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because in my career, the reason that I became all in on, okay, I'm going to really focus on this bare message is because I have a daughter, she's 18. And when she was in the fourth grade, she came home from school and she had absorbed enough. She had listened to me talking enough that she knew my philosophy on food and body. And she came home and she said, mom, every girl at the cafeteria table today said she was on a diet. So we're talking 10 years old terrible. and she was, she was genuinely confused. Like what, why? I don't understand. Don't they know, you know, she's raised by this body positive life coach. And she said, none of them have even been through puberty. Like none of them have any reason to think that they need to be on a diet. And I said, well, unfortunately they're learning it from magazines, from social media, and maybe their moms or their big sisters or their aunts. And, um, you know, I basically said, here's what you can say when you go back, um, you know, that because she said they were all not eating their lunches on top of it. They were all saying they were on a diet and were, were all making a pact not to eat. And so I said, and she did in that situation, she was like, well, I'm eating. And every day after that, it was almost like a mini life coach going into the school cafeteria because she talked about all the things that would happen to your body if you don't eat and why it's important to eat and the difference between power food that fuels you up and pleasure food. And and so she she basically was educating her fourth grade uh, classmates. But I thought, wow, okay this is a sign that I need to go full throttle on this. Mm -hmm. And um, when I talk to my daughter about it today, what she says she feels in addition to young girls and women getting constant messages, if you, if you all start paying attention to commercials and lyrics and songs and um, Instagram and Photoshopping, you'll see that the constant message that girls are fed is that the smaller you are, the more valuable you are. Um, and the way that I think it's important to combat that, it, it really does start in the home um, and asking yourself, how do, how do I talk about my body in front of my kids? Do I talk about the latest diet all the time? Am I constantly changing clothes and lamenting about how fat I am? Or something else that my clients do is they refuse to be in photos. So they'll take the photo. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing to really assess for yourself. How many photos on the last family vacation was I willingly in? And if I was in it, Was I making sure that I was in the back, camouflaged? Um, Kids pick up on all of that. They hear, right? They hear you talking about your body, how you're dressing, how you're eating. 
And so for those of you listening who have kids, um, many of my clients come to me because they start to observe how the dieting culture at large is affecting their kids and their daughters and they want it to stop. So we can all make a pact like this is going to stop in my family with me, at least in terms of how I'm talking about it. And that's true if you have boys too, because you're also teaching boys what it means to value a woman. What are the criteria to value a woman? Exactly. And it, it honestly, um, eating disorders among boys and men is on the rise. So, and, and I, my suspicion is we can thank social media for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Boys and men are getting increasingly destructive messages from magazines and from social media that you're only a real man if, you know, fill in the blank. And um, I think that it's important for all of us to celebrate what real bodies look like, Mm -hmm. what aging looks like, and have discussions around food and image and how you want to independently move through the world that separate from whatever culture at large is telling us that needs to look like. And that's such an interesting point when we think about, you know, the international nature of my clients, because, Mm -hmm. you know, the body is so, and the definitions of beauty vary so much. I know when I was in uh, Burkina Faso, uh, we had, we had someone in the beginning that was cooking for us and he kept putting massive amounts of oil in the food. And I was like, can you please, can you please not put so much oil? And it kept going on. I said one more time, I was like, would you mind not in so much oil. And he's like, Madame, he was mad at me. He's like, don't you realize if you walk around like that, people are going to think that your husband's being a bad patron. Like he's taking, he's not taking care of me, you know, (laughs) like it, 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 it isn't true that, you know what I mean? That skinny is something, right. That changes based on culture. And, um, and as our kids, you know, cross cultures, they're exposed to all of these bodies and ways of being. And we can also be very aware in our language of Mm -hmm. when we see groups of people that are different than we are, that we don't say that from a judgmental perspective. Um, So I think it's fascinating. I think it's super fascinating. Oh man, there's so much to talk about. Um, Okay. So I know you have the bear manifesto um, that Mm -hmm. really sort of embodies what you believe in. Can you give us just one or two ideas from the manifesto of what core messages you're trying to share and build in this community? Absolutely. So one of the things I love to talk about is that we are saying no to obsessing about food and we say yes to savoring our food. And we say no to postponing experiences until we're thin or more thin. And we say yes to charging after those big goals, making exciting dates and vacations and experiences and making memories right now. Those are a couple of my favorites. Yeah. And it's about, you know, not postponing what's important to you. It's about starting now with the kind of life that you're hoping you would get if you were different, right? It's already doing it. It's already living it. Um, exactly. So I would encourage anybody who's who's connecting with this message to check out Bear. It's going to be released this year from Ben Bella Books. And I'll just read a, a quick excerpt from 
from the book that kind of shares the backstory. It says, in Bear, um, and I'm quoting Susan here, in Bear, I share my story of surviving sexual assault, using food to cope with pain and stress, gaining 40 pounds, trying every pointless diet under the sun, and eventually trying the most radical thing of all, treating my body like a friend. So if any of that resonates with you and you're looking for the middle finger to the diet industry (laughs) (laughs) that actually helps you take excellent care of yourself and um, exude positivity about who you are and, and being in your body. And that will impact our daughters and sons. I would definitely encourage you to check it out because it's pure empowerment and it could be actually applied to any sort of thing that you're focusing on, um, not just body positivity. The sort of the messages there yeah. are like, you know, warrior calls to go forward. So <laughs> yes. Susan, any last words you'd like um, to share with our audience when you know these are people who are doing their best to serve NGOs, embassies, corporate entities, missionaries around the world. Um, Maybe they fell in love with their partner and they live in a totally different country long-term. What is the message that you'd like to leave with them tonight? The big message is that you have absolutely everything that you need inside of you to create the life that you want. You don't need an external plan to do it. You don't need to buy anything to do it. What you really need to do is listen to that amazing God pod (laughs) of a body and the messages that are coming from it over the mind. You can trust what your body has to tell you a hundred percent. That's so true. It's something I try to tell my boys all the time. I'm like, you guys just listen. I'll point to my chest and like, just listen to right in here, you guys. Let's say, oh, if I can give anything as a mother, it's yes. to just listen to your body. So where, um, where can people find you? You have so many things going on. You're gonna be on a big tour. If people are interested in learning more, where should they go next? Uh, thank you so much. So I have a couple of websites, but the website for Bear is called letsgetbear.com. And uh, you can go to Let's Get Bear. You can find out about the book tour dates. You can pre-order the book. Um, lots of events and programs for the book if people are interested in diving deep. And uh, of course, I'm on social media at Susan Hyatt, Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Thank you, Susan, for being part of Expat Happy Hour. It's been wonderful having you and I'm really excited to see what happens next. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. All right, you guys, there was Susan Hyatt. I'm so excited that she joined us. The things that I'm taking away from today um, that I'm going to quickly recap. One is awareness. Sort of get into your body. This is something that 10 years ago I struggled with, and now I can't ignore it. My body is like this heat-seeking missile, which tells me which direction to go. So it's definitely worth it. I would encourage you to walk away from today's episode thinking of how you can steal five minutes of quiet. I don't care if you have to lock the door of your bathroom and hide there and pretend that you're there. Just get five minutes of quiet because that's when you start really getting clear um, and more grounded. And then think about some of the ways that Susan has offered to start um, being a better role model for yourself and for those around you about being in your body and how you want to treat your body like your best friend. You've been listening to Expat Happy Hour with Sunday Bean. Thank you for listening. 
I know Susan is a huge fan of Beyonce. So I'm going to close today's show with two of her quotes. The world will see you the way you see you and treat you the way you treat yourself. And finally, it's not about perfection. It's about purpose. Ha, ha, ha.